Hey everyone, welcome back to the Monclova Baptist Church podcast. We're thankful that you joined us today. Hey, if you would do us a favor at the end of this episode, make sure that you follow us on our social, Instagram and Facebook, and subscribe to our YouTube channel and hit that bell button so that you get notified every time that we post new content. If you also want to stay connected with us beyond Sunday morning, make sure that you download the MRBC app on the Google Play Store or the App Store. Now let's dive in. Let's go to 1 Timothy chapter number 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. The Apostle Paul is writing to this this young man uh, that Paul is introduced to in, in the book of Acts. Paul is going through a difficult season. Those of you that uh, know the story of the Apostle Paul and the life of the Apostle Paul, well, he is a hero to us in um, as we think about Bible characters, the, the boldness that Paul had, the strength that Paul had, the perseverance that Paul had. Sometimes we can get to the place where we think so highly of the Apostle Paul that we forget that the Apostle Paul was human. The, the Apostle Paul suffered just like we suffered. The Apostle Paul had, had emotional difficulties just like we had. The Apostle Paul suffered with loneliness and I think, and I believe at times even discouragement from what he was going through. The Apostle Paul suffered physically. In all the things that we deal with, the Apostle Paul also dealt with, but the Apostle Paul was steadfast in his commitment in serving the Lord Jesus Christ. And the Apostle Paul meets with Timothy at a very difficult season of ministry, uh, facing rejection, facing physical harm that had been given to him, facing discouragement. The Apostle Paul meets this man by the name of Timothy. And we know of others, Timothy, uh, Philemon, Titus. These are, these are men that the Apostle Paul has written epistles to and encouraging um, uh, these men. And just because the Apostle Paul is writing to these men, we do know this. We, we know that the Bible is written by inspiration of the Holy Spirit of God. And so as we read these letters that the Apostle Paul wrote to men like Timothy, it's not just a letter from Paul to Timothy that we're looking at. This is a letter to Timothy from Paul that's inspired by the Holy Spirit that is also given to the church. And so there's great value that we can have as we look at the Apostle Paul sharing his heart and his burden with this man named Timothy. And I want us to listen to what Paul says here as he is uh, writing to Timothy. In chapter 4, verse number 12, he says to Timothy, and you can see the affection that he has as he's writing these words to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. Timothy is a younger man than the Apostle Paul. And I don't know if there was some, some issues. Uh, Timothy is pastoring at the church of Ephesus. I don't know if Timothy is hearing some say uh, because of his youthfulness, because of his age, what do, what do you know? How can you teach us? I know that there were some divisions within the church. Paul addressed those in 1 Corinthians and other places throughout uh, his epistles. There was contention. The apostle Paul says to Timothy, to let no man despise thy youth. This might even be to, written to Timothy because Timothy felt inferior because of maybe his age. We're not sure exactly why he writes this, but it's valuable. He, what he is simply saying to Timothy is, your age has nothing to do with what, how you can serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Just because you're young, it doesn't mean you can't serve Christ. Just because you're young, don't allow others to discourage you from serving Jesus Christ. There's a lot, even in this generation, we complain a lot about the generation that's coming up. 
But I think one of the faults that we have is we need to make sure that we're engaging the generation coming up so that we can allow them and help them to serve the Lord Jesus Christ and not just put them constantly down for being different from other generations. Every generation has great value in the service to the Lord Jesus Christ. Every generation. And every generation, though, is going to do something maybe a little bit differently in the methods and how they're going to reach people and how they're going to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. But doctrine is one of the most important. We'll see that here in just a moment. But even though someone does something differently, as long as they stay scripturally sound, we ought to encourage them in their walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. So he says, let no man despise thy youth, but be thou an example of the believer. And then he shows Timothy, tells Timothy in these specific areas. He doesn't just say be an example. He says, I want you to be an example in word, in conversation, or his conduct, how he lives. So it's not just in your words, but also in how you act. What he's simply saying to Timothy is make sure what you say and how you live add up, match up in charity or in love, in spirit, and in faith, in purity. And so he tells Timothy, these are the examples that you need to be as you're pastoring this church at Ephesus. These are the examples that you need to be in every one of these areas. Make sure that you're an example to the believers. Why? Because it's important. Your testimony is important. Would you, would you write that down someplace in your heart? Your testimony is important. You cannot live as a Christian and say, I don't care what other people think. I'm going to do what I want to do. If you're saying that in a rebellious way, then you are, you are not, you're not, you're not going to help the cause of Christ. You're going to hurt the cause of Christ. Every one of us in this room need to understand others are looking how you live your life. You should care what other people think when it comes to you walking with the Lord Jesus Christ. He says in verse number 13, till I come, give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Now he's talking to Timothy personally. He says, this is the things I want you to do. I want you to do these things in verse number 12 because other people are watching. And then he says, these are the things I want you to do that no one knows if you're doing or not. No one knows if you're reading. No one knows um, in exhortation or to doctrine. No one knows in your study, those private times in your life. In verse number 14, he says, neglect not the gift that is in thee, which is given thee by prophecy with the laying of the hands of the presbytery. Meditate upon these things. Give thyself wholly to them that thy profiting may appear to all. Take heed unto thyself and unto the doctrine, continue in them, for in doing this thou shalt both save thyself and them that hear thee. This is an amazing instruction. The entire book of 1 Timothy is, is, a, is an encouraging book that Paul writes. But these, these few verses here, these few verses here I want to look at us, look at today to try to encourage us. 1 Timothy uh, chapter 4, verses 12 through 16. I want us to look deeply into these things this morning. And as we do that this morning, I want to remind us as a church, Jesus Christ is coming again, and there's a lot of work to be done until he comes. There's a lot of work to be done. The cause of Christ ought to be the, the, the most important thing on our hearts and our minds till the Lord Jesus comes. Paul is writing to Timothy as Timothy is pastoring this church here at Ephesus. 
Paul, when he first meets Timothy, after great suffering, he begins to invest in Timothy and, and encourage Timothy. I love, the, I love the thought of the Apostle Paul looking at one day realizing he is not going to be here on this earth, but that the cause of Christ in the call that he's been called to is important, so very important that Paul is going to do all that he can to encourage a generation coming behind him to take up that same cause and continue to serve the Lord Jesus Christ. And you don't find Paul discouraging the generation coming behind him, but you find Paul encouraging, be who God has called you to be. Look at the gifts that God has given to you. I love this area, and I want to get ahead of myself, but Paul doesn't say, Timothy, be just like me and do it the way that I do it. Paul is encouraging Timothy, be like Jesus Christ. Follow after Jesus Christ. Get into the word of God and meditate upon the word of God and be grounded in the word of God and use the gifts that God has given you and be an example of the Lord Jesus Christ. He's not encouraging, Paul is, and get this, Paul is not encouraging Timothy to be like him. He's encouraging Timothy to be like Jesus Christ. It's important. Paul is investing in loving this young man. And I want you to see, and first of all, would you see this in verse number 12, really easy outline here as we outline this, these few verses. Paul says to Timothy, number one, be an example to the believer. Be an example. He's encouraging him to be an example, specifically be an example, he says, in words, in conversation, in charity, in spirit, in faith, in purity. He says, in every single one of these areas, be an example because someone is watching. So often, if we're not careful, we can live our lives for ourselves. We can live our lives based upon our emotions and our feelings. But Paul is telling Timothy, be careful because someone is always watching. Sometimes we think if we're parents, just simply being parents, well, my kids are older, and so maybe people aren't watching. I want you to know this. People are watching you even when you don't realize people are watching you. So often I'll hear even my own kids will mention someone in the church and, and uh, about what someone did or uh, something encouraging about a teacher or a Sunday school teacher or just someone encouraging. My youngest daughter had someone come up to her not long ago and, and said, here, here, here's some money. And she wasn't sure if she should take it. So she's like, no, no, no. And I said, no, babe, take the money. Give it to dad if, you, if, you, if you're not sure if you should do it or not. But take that money. And, and she, this is an older fella that, that uh, there's no relationship there. There's nothing there, but, but just simply someone trying to encourage a young person. People watch and people see these things. And, and Paul is reminding Timothy to be an example. Now, not just, not just the people within your age group, because he also says to Timothy, let no man despise thy youth. He's, he's instructing Timothy, be an example to every age, every age. And then in, and in look again specifically in word. Your words matter, church. Your words matter. I, I, I want to encourage every single parent here today. Understand something. Every word you say in your home, you are training your children how to act and respond as an adult, as a husband or wife, when they become a husband or wife. 
Every husband, your words are training your sons on how to treat their wives one day. Wives, every word you say is training your daughters how to respond to their husbands one day. Your words matter. Oftentimes, oftentimes we think this, a simple apology will just fix the things that I said. We ought to get to a place in life where we're not having to apologize constantly because of the things that we said, because we're being an example in the words that we say. We're cautious before we just spout out words. Words can hurt. Words can harm. That you, you, you can talk to some adults and they can take you all the way back to elementary school when someone said something harmful to them or hurtful to them and they've remembered it and carried those words all of those years. Parents, your children will remember the words that you use as you're speaking to them. You might forget it. You might move on past it. But those words can either encourage a young child or discourage a young child for life. Words matter. And the Apostle Paul says to Timothy, make sure that you're an example in your words. You know what that means? That your words ought to constantly point people to Jesus Christ. Your words ought to be the words that Christ would use as he, as you're speaking to someone. I, I think of so often Jesus in his words using the most kind, tender words as he's ministering to hurting people, as he's looking on with people with compassion that need his touch. And that's the same way that we ought to see our words. Our words ought not to just be words that come out in a fit of anger. Our words can't be uncontrolled words that later on we just say, well, I'll just apologize for it. No, your words ought to be words that are comforting. Your words ought to be words that are kind. Your words ought to be words that are always filled with truth. Why? Because you're an example of the Lord Jesus Christ. In conversation, he says, or in conduct, how you live. Your words should always match your life. You know, oftentimes, oftentimes I know in every relationship, everyone loves to hear the words, I love you. How many of you love to hear the words, I love you? How many of you love it when the actions from that person also prove they truly love you? Here the Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy, Timothy, as you're ministering, as you're, as you're caring for the needs of people as a pastor, as you're ministering to people, it doesn't matter how old you are, but what does matter is that you're an example in what you say and how you live, the example that you're setting in charity and love. You know, we live in a, a very divisive world. Unfortunately, the political climate of our world has infiltrated every area of our life. And unfortunately, church, I think over the last couple of years, everything has been contentious. We've divided over everything. We've divided over vaccines. We've divided over masks. We've divided over the, 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 uh, the pandemic, we've divided over politics. I mean, the world that we live in, isn't it amazing you can go to one news uh, channel and get one side and boy, I mean, just brutal toward the other side. Then you just click one channel, go to the other network and man, it's divisive. 
And the Christian, our spirit, if we're not careful, can get caught up in that divisiveness. And if we're not careful, church, we can carry that divisiveness into our Christian life. We don't trust anyone anymore. We don't believe anything anymore. We're contentious. We've got this fighting spirit. And we need to be careful. We ought to have a fighting spirit, but we, ought to, we need to have a fighting spirit toward the real enemy, and his name is Satan. My wife said this to me just this past week. She said, I feel like, I feel like Satan has gotten all of us as, as, as in Christianity in this generation. We're so contentious on good things that we're not unified on the right things. And we're taking up causes and doing things. And, and I'm guilty of it myself. Preaching to myself today. When you sit back and you think to yourself, this isn't love. The Apostle Paul is saying to Timothy, you need to make sure that you're an example. What type of example? An example of Jesus Christ who loved the church and gave himself for it, that left heaven's home and sacrificed and gave of himself so that mankind be, can be redeemed. And everything you say and everything that you do must point back to you are a follower of Jesus Christ in charity, in love. Church, never get so busy that you don't have time for people. Never get so busy that you don't have time to see people having great needs. People in this church, in this room today, there's hurting people. I was thinking as I was sitting there on that front row singing that song of heaven, every so often when I think of heaven, I... I'll think of my dad and my brother-in-law. And, but then I was watching some folks here that are on the platform and they were singing with such, such a heavy heart. And I know why they were doing it because one singing up here had to bury her husband. I think of families like the Sun family and they're not here today, I don't believe. Emma just had a little baby boy this week. But every, every time of often, but this, especially this time of year around Mother's Day, my heart breaks for that family. The church needs to get back to loving people. Loving people. L listen, that doesn't mean that we are okay with people's sin. It doesn't mean that we're compromising because we're loving people. There are, there are people in this room right now, you know what they need? An arm around them to encourage them. I, I gave a, a lady, and she's a lot older than me, so don't worry. A hug this morning on the way in. I said, can I give you a hug? And this is what she said to me. I haven't had one of them in a long time. And I looked at her and said, I sent my wife away on Mother's Day. I haven't had one in a long time either. <laughs> and we just hugged each other. 
<laughs> she just needed a hug. Paul says to Timothy, be an example of Jesus. I wonder this morning if Jesus Christ came in this morning and he went row to row in person to person, what he would say, how he would minister. Let's stop being so quick. Let's not stop being so busy. Let's, let's commit as a church that we're going to stop, slow down, and actually begin to love and minister to people's needs. You see, the Apostle Paul is helping Timothy as he's leading people, as he's pastoring. I want you to be an example in word, in conversation, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. All of these, every single one of these, I could take an entire message and go through each and every one of these. But what he's saying is live your life in such a way that, that no one questions that you are a follower of Jesus Christ. Live your life in such a way where people can tell you spent time with your Savior today. These are things that you cannot fake. These are things that don't come just because you're religious. These are things that come when you spend time with Jesus Christ. When you know him intimately, when he affects your life, when he changes your life, he changes your words, he changes your conversation, he changes your how you love people, he changes you. Christian, let's not get to the place where we just become more judgmental. Let's get to the place where spending time with Jesus Christ gives us more compassion and more empathy. Jesus stood there over that mountain, uh, Mount of Olives and looked at the city. He knew that in just a few days, they were going to take him and crucify him and put him on that cross. And Jesus wept. Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem. He leaves heaven to come and die for them. And, and they're, going to, they're going to take him and, and crucify him. And on that cross, Jesus doesn't say, Father, give them what they deserve. He instead says, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. To me, Christianity is loving people. Christianity is showing Christ to people. Christianity is not just a religion. It is a relationship with Jesus Christ. It's to be a follower of Jesus Christ. So the people that we come in contact with, they have been introduced to Jesus. Because you knew Jesus. Paul is giving him being an example. Number two, he says this. Look with me, if you would please. In verse number 13, you guys are quiet today. Is everybody okay? How many of you are cold this morning? Raise your hand. How many of you are hot? A few of you. How many of you are just right? How many of you are ready to have that baby? <laughs> A few of you. <laughs> he says this in verse number 13. Till I come. Till I come. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Paul is holding Timothy accountable. You know what Paul is saying to Timothy? I'm coming. And Paul is going to check on these areas. 
Paul is saying to Timothy, I want you to be an example, number one. Then he says this, I'm coming. Number two, what he's saying is this, there's accountability. Accountability is a wonderful, wonderful thing in the life of a Christian. Accountability is a good thing. The Apostle Paul is helping Timothy understand this. I've invested in you, and therefore I'm going to hold you accountable. He's going to hold him accountable in a reading. These are some areas I believe that every single one of us ought to have accountability in. And it would be good. It would be good for every single person, every single believer, every Christian, everyone here today that's watching, whether they're online or here in this room, you need to make sure that you have someone that is a, you are accountable to. Don't resist accountability. Husbands and wives, there, there ought to be accountability one with another. Danger comes in a relationship when there's no accountability. My wife wanted to put this this 360 app on my phone. And and I remember when she first said that, I'm like, you're not tying um, a chain around my neck. Like 360, like you want to know. You're not going to know every time I'm getting a Big Mac. You, You are not going to know. I'm just not going to let that happen. And, and it, it, it's really not that I was, I was going to say, it's not that I'm doing something wrong. It is. It's so that she doesn't know if I'm at, you know, the cookie store or, you know, the bakery. And I, I just thought to myself, she, she's trying to keep this, this, this collar on me. And I said to her, no, you need to make sure, you need, if we give our kids a phone, you need to make sure, because we want to know where they're at every minute, every day. And she looked at me and said, exactly. Well, they don't, they don't need to be eating unhealthy. You know, let's, let's hold them accountable. Accountability is a good thing. And when we reject accountability, it can lead to danger. He says this, T- Timothy, there needs to be accountability in these areas. Number one, in reading. Now, what's he talking about? Reading of the scriptures. Listen to me, if you want to be a strong Christian, you have got to be in the word of God. You've got to be in the word of God. There's no, there, you've got to be in the word of God. Christian, here, please don't miss this. Such a basic thing, I understand. But Paul the great apostle Paul is giving Timothy this advice. You know, you know what he says? Something so simply as this, be in the word of God. You are not going to strengthen yourself as a believer. You're not going to grow closer to the Lord Jesus Christ if you're not in the word. Listen to me, we're raising too many anemic Christians. Just coming to church isn't enough. Well, I listen to it on my podcast. That's great. Listen to preaching. Listen, be involved. That's wonderful. But you've got to be in the word. You've got to be ready to stand in that wicked day. You don't have to. One of the wonderful things that we know in Christianity, you don't have to just, well, as long as a preacher knows everything about the Bible, we're good. No, you have to know everything about the word of God. Study to show thyself approved. Every single believer ought to be hungry for the word of God, in the word of God, feeding off the word of God. The Bible ought to have the most prominent place in our lives. 
Therefore, when the Bible is prominent in the lives of the individuals, you know what will happen? The Bible will be prominent within the church. And this is what's happening so much in our generation, in our society today. The church is disregarding the Bible because some of it doesn't culturally fit. You want, you want to know how to keep the, the church biblically sound? The members need to be biblically sound. You have to know what the Bible says. We, we, we can't change what the Bible says. We can't manipulate and, 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 and do things different than what the Bible says. We ought to be known as being solid Bible believers. That ought to be what we're known as. Even if it, is, if, if it conflicts with society today, I would rather be a Bible believer believing what the Bible says than compromising just to fit society. Some, though, wouldn't know what we're doing because they don't know the Bible. Study. He says, till I come. What is he saying? I'm going to check. When I come, I'm going to check. How's your Bible reading? Listen to me, parents. It's okay to say to your children, how's your Bible reading? Hold them accountable. I'll say this to my kids. So how's your Bible reading? And I can tell. I can tell if they read it or not. You say, how? Because when I say, well, what's it say? What'd you read? Let me hear it. On the way to school every so often, I'll say to our girls, let's, let's, let's say out loud the Bible verses that we've memorized. And I love it. One of them will always go, John eleven thirty five. 35, Jesus wept. And I'll say, real spiritual, aren't you? But challenge them. Hold your kids accountable. Listen, parents, you don't need permission from anyone because you've got permission from the word of God. Raise your children to know the Lord, to love the Lord. It's going to come from you. Share with your children what you've read. One way to get your children excited about the word of God is you get excited about the word of God. You know, as we're talking with our kids on the way to school, what, what verses did you memorize? It isn't just, all right, would you memorize what you memorize? Would you memorize what you memorize? All right, let's go back. No, I'm also going to share with you what I've memorized. I want them to know that even dad needs to memorize scripture and hide scripture in our heart and be in the word of God. It's not just for them, it's for me as well. Do it as a family. Read the word of God, he says, and I'm going to come and check. Give attendance to reading, to exhortation. I love that word, exhortation. That is, that is, that is preaching. That was with, with emphasis. Preach. Communicate. Talk about. Listen, every single one of us can exhort the word of God. That's not just for those that stand behind the pulpit in the church. That's for all of us. Communicate. 
emphatically communicate the word of God with your neighbors, with your coworkers, with your family, with your friends, with those in your house, husbands and wives. Be talking about communicating. You know, one way to keep your family grounded, one way to keep your marriage grounded, start talking about the things that you are learning from the word of God. Husbands, say to your wives, tell me what you got from the Lord this week. Wives, say to your husbands, share with me what God's doing in your heart. Let's pray together on these things. Let's give these things to the Lord. Let's exhort one another. Let's communicate one another. Let's point people back to the scripture. And he says, not just in reading, not just in exhortation, but in doctrine as well. Everything, everything is centered upon doctrine. Doctrine is vitally important. Doctrine is that glue. It holds everything in place. Don't let people say to you, doctrine's unimportant. You don't choose a church based upon how you feel. You ought to choose a church based upon doctrine. Right. I like the music, and I don't like the music. What, what about the doctrine? Some people will go to a church that they like the preference of it and not even care about the doctrine of it. Not even, not even search it out. Not even look at it. Well, what do they believe? What do they believe on salvation? I don't know. I like their drummer. I don't know. I like this. I like that. What's the Bible say? Be careful. Paul says, I'm going to hold you to these things. I'm coming, and I'm going to check on you. How is your reading? How is your exhortation? How is your doctrine? What do you believe? I'm going to make sure that you believe what you set out to believe. I want to make sure that you're grounded in the Word of God. Have these conversations. What I respect about Paul, Paul loved Timothy. Paul respected Timothy. Timothy, you're a young man. I am not going to make you like me, Timothy, so that you can be successful and be like me. No, you are going to be Timothy. You are the one that God has called. You're pastoring that church in Ephesus. And all I care about is this. Do you know the Lord? Are you walking with the Lord? Do you know his word? Are you, are, you, are you preaching with authority? And are you living out the word of God? That's all that matters. That's all that matters. You know what Paul was doing? He was emphasizing the main things. Nowhere here does Paul say, you're going to preach like I preach. You're going to lead like I lead. You're going to talk like I talk. You're going to be, you're going to be known as Paul II. No, you are known as Timothy, the one that God has called. Don't let anyone, don't let anyone despise your youth, but make sure you're walking with God in his word. You just finished listening to a message from the preaching ministry at Monclova Road Baptist Church. If it was a help to you, make sure that you let somebody know about it. If you need help beyond this message, make sure that you follow us on Instagram or Facebook or check out our website, monclovabaptist.org, and we would love to connect with you there and help you with anything that you might need. Have a great week, and we'll see you next time on the Monclova Baptist Church Podcast.